0: You could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much.
1: To kick us off, Uh, welcome to my segment. Um, It's definitely focused on providing you some TLC on this Friday technology, leadership and communication with a dash of mentorship. So today, today I'm going to talk about the importance of connection. And this week we've talked a lot about that actually, so if you've missed any of those, please be sure to check some of those out in our podcast and you'll see some of the deep dives that we've done on that. Um, But connection and communication, um, we're going to be talking about that today and also doing a deeper dive with Scott Mason. So everyone say hi to Scott. He's on the stage. He should be right under me. Um, I I did mod him to make it a little easier. Um, Again, He has uh, used this power of connection um, in a lot of things that he does um, with his business and in the community and some of the programs and conferences and things like that that he's involved in, but he knows how to build these skills. Um, So for those who don't know me, my name is Dora Maria Abreu. I'm an inclusive engineer focused on technology, leadership and communication in the form of mentorship. I do a lot of community work with youth. Um, I do run the, the middle school and high school Uh, science bowl so that's going to be kicking off this month with registration so those of you in the new york city area i'm just shouting y'all out make sure that those students sign up (laughs) Um, so with that let's get started Um, what we've dived into in the last few weeks in my segment has been a lot of the self-awareness factor right auditing those around you knowing who your ride or die is And now we're going to look at connections, right, and how to build those connections and communication. So if we're looking at the law of connection, again, this is from the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership from the John C. Maxwell book. Um, When we're talking about this particular law, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is that leaders touch a heart before they ask for a hand. And so one of the things that I've learned from this law personally is that I focus a lot on mentees with high school and middle school, but also in the high school students that are doing an apprenticeship at where I work. And because I was able to build that connection and ultimately their trust, I have enabled them to also open up with me. And because of that, I have been able to help them with some of their blockers, right, that they would not necessarily tell me in their experience in working in this apprenticeship, right? So. I'm hoping that in talking through some of these points, you get to see how you in either at home, right? Because connection begins with yourself, right? You have to be aware and in tune with yourself and you need, you can't lead people if you can't lead yourself, right? So you want to make sure that you're looking at the people that you're communicating with, you're believing in the people and you're believing in the message that you're trying to tell them. Right. So some of the things that I share with the apprentices, um, you know, especially when it comes with communication on their teams and just being open and transparent. These are the things that I've also experienced. And that's why I'm very passionate when I speak to them. And so, again, when you're trying to connect with people, one of the key things is to understand that you need to connect on a very personal and emotional level with those that you're communicating with on, you know, just connecting with them on that showing them that you really care first, right, not that you're just trying to get them on board with your idea or that you're hoping for everyone to jump on the bandwagon and things like that. You really want to make sure that when you're looking at, um, you know, connection and you're connecting, especially at home, it's a little bit different, right? You're going to get people rebelling, especially if, you know, they're high school students who definitely are tired of being at home being schooled by you in the household or even remote connection, right? They're not gonna to wanna to hear from you. So how do you approach you know, that kind of conversation? That's gonna be a different type of connection than in the office. Or if you're an entrepreneur, you have a big contract coming up, that type of connection's also going to be a little different. So it's different levels and also different levels of trust. So keep that in mind as we go through this conversation. Um, again, you wanna make sure that you connect yourself emotionally and that you accept and love yourself because you cannot give from what you don't have. So when you're sharing, you're sharing with openness and sincerity. And hopefully that starts to build that relationships. Relationships don't happen overnight. You can't really lead people from one minute to the next without establishing that trust factor and that sense that the people know that you believe in them and whoever you're speaking to understands that you're on board with them. So people believe in the leader, but the leader also has to believe in the people. Um, So with that, I definitely wanna dive in with Scott. He has so much um, information on Connection, and I definitely wanna make sure that I don't uh, butcher half of his bio. So I'm gonna have uh, Scott introduce himself. So Scott, tell us in a nutshell a little bit about you and an interesting fact about yourself that we probably don't, we won't necessarily see in your bio.
2: Thank you. So my name is Scott Mason. I am an inspirational speaker. I am the host of Scott Mason's Purpose Highway podcast, and I am a consultant. An interesting thing that you may not know about me by looking at my bio. I paid my way, at least in part, both in high school and in college by being an EDM DJ, and to this day, I am the king of EDM. I'm always connected to my music
1: that is awesome I, I also love music so I, I definitely connect with people through that passion because I definitely dig a beat it's been a lot harder <laughs> because of the network the networking the networking events have really decreased a lot yeah, uh, so. yeah there's no beat on a zoom
2: networking meeting I'll tell you
1: <laughs> That's, we're gonna have to change some of that That's, hopefully thank people. You. Are innovating in that in that space. Um, so, can you speak a little bit about the importance of connection? Let's start with that question, and then we can yeah. start unraveling that.
2: I'm actually going to tell what I think is the most inspiring story in the history of our species. It is the moment when, hundreds of thousands of years ago, when someone, a hominid in Africa, stood above the grass, looked around, and saw and through the primitive art of communications, that hominid and his or her family spread around the entire world. Through the art of communication and everything that flew from it, technology, innovation, creativity, imagination, even left the planet. Communication is so fundamental that I would argue we would not be humans at all without its capacity. Communication is what makes us human. The connection that's come through communication is what has made us the dominant species in the history of the world. I feel like for us to fully express the sort of connection with ourselves and with others that we need to really fulfill our own personal version of that trip from the Savannah to the corners of the planet, communication needs to be always built upon, refined, and a matter of singular focus in each of our lives. Communication with ourselves. Communication with ourselves being understanding what's motivating us, making sure that we have control of our inner dialogue, creating our inner dialogue when it's necessary, and then communication with others, doing exactly what you said, making sure that we live the reality that every single human being matters. I argue that anytime we interact with another human being in a way that impacts them, we are acting as leaders, we are communicating. Someone I recently interviewed for my podcast recently told me that ethics occurs anytime we interact with another human being. Communication, the ability to communicate, respect, concern, other centeredness is an ethical matter. All of these things are core every last interaction between human beings. And as social creatures, communication, like I said a minute ago, is who we are. And that's really about all there is to say on the subject if you wanted to go highest level and in the
1: biggest nutshell of all. And how do you how do you use connection at, like give us examples of how you're able to use this skill at work, um, and, and versus, like, even a Toastmaster meeting, right? Because you're the pro for the district. So tell us the difference there to see what we can unravel there. Yeah.
2: First of all, there is a commonality, and that's making sure that we always understand every moment of the day that the locus of effective communication will, whether in work or a personal setting, be in centeredness on the other human being I will argue that even at work in situations in which it may seem as though we don't want to be bringing our emotions to the fore or we don't necessarily need to have uh, the deepest level of sharing that makes effective communication and connection possible bringing. Emotionality and heart into the job does a couple of things. First of all, it helps you stand out secondly, it cements The idea in the other person's head that you are there for them even if you are having Challenges in your relationship or if you are having challenges with their performance yours or the performance of whatever team you're associated with finally, it allows communication lapses to have their negative impact minimized because of the sense of trust that meaningful heart-centered other centered communication uh, creates you magnify that out in an interpersonal setting in an interpersonal setting showing that you care in a work setting, there are real limitations as to the nonverbal expressions of concern and interest that you can have. Generally, for instance, uh, absent the most unexpected of circumstances, you hold your emotions somewhat at bay. You don't—you might not cry, for instance, if you're feeling a strong emotion. <laughs> in fact, on, in almost no workplace is that really acceptable behavior. You may laugh, but you may only laugh to a limited extent all of these other emotions are somewhat muted and the exertion of self-control is placed at a premium in a workplace setting. In in an interpersonal setting, I would argue that, of course, we maintain uh, a certain level of self-control over the expression of our emotions, but we also be mindful of the fact that if we're not able to adjust the modulation of our emotion, as well as the willingness to fully express it, particularly vis-a-vis work. We're not going to be able to send a message to those that we're communicating with that we view our relationship as anything other than of the transactional nature that you experience in the workplace. So one thing that I actually urge people to do is in interpersonal relationships, take some risks with actually showing what you're feeling with removing the blocks to nonverbal expression of emotion. So much of what is at the core of creating trust and connection isn't the words, but how we use our voice. Is it expressing emotion? Is Are we letting our face and our body language express? All of those sorts of things. Being mindful of that really matters.
1: No, definitely. And I think when we're, we're talking about heart-centered, um, it's also intentionality, right? Like if your intention is to definitely connect with a person, because of that intention, it's going to be in alignment with something on, on a heart-centered level, that you're gonna to want to care about that person first. Say, like when we come into these digital streets, right? Like we say, hey, good morning, how are you? You know, and all of those things that happen first, that's establishing that heart-centered connection, that, that intentionality that you want to make sure that the other person knows that, hey, you matter, I care, you definitely matter to me, and I want to have a connection with you.
2: I completely agree. And in the digital space, particularly where writing is the principal mode of communication, filtering what you write through your internal lens, uh, as to how that might sound when spoken is of particular importance because in writing you don't have the option of being able to modulate the expression to the same extent that we might in person. So in at work, or when someone that you love comes home at the end of the day, we can say hi in a way that is showing insincerity. We can say hi in a way that's showing excitement. We can say hi in a way that's showing exhaustion or tiredness. All of those things are modulations that our voices are able to bring into the room. But in purely digital spaces, the communication and connection of words like hi" can be confused with what I call an epidemic of insincerity that plagues all of social media where people are saying things and due to the lack of modulation that we're able to show um, are not necessarily able to dis- differentiate their intentions or their intentionality from those that might be a little bit less um, a little bit less Since uh, less authentic in what they're attempting to communicate That's why particularly in the written digital space. I feel it's very very important to not just limit your greetings or your other writings to standard things that the Platform might auto populate for you or that might seem simple like hi. How are you? but to add something that is unique authentic and sincere Even if it takes an extra second or two's worth of work to imagine what that might be, that is what will begin to communicate that heart-centric approach to the transaction or to the interaction that will begin to build that trust that you were just talking about. Uh -uh. One thing that I also recommend in these situations too is, and you're seeing it more and more, is to the extent that you can utilize voice technologies to support what you might be writing. Those voice technologies, again, if you're appropriately and carefully modulating your voice tone, bringing that out and using language that supports communication and that explicitly shows concern, uh, has tremendous value. However, Without the additional lever of body language and facial expression, even voice messages can show um, inadvertent insincerity or pure transactionalism. And so taking a second to really listen to what you send out through the eyes of the other person, doing almost like a little audio reel to yourself, critically as to what you're saying can be of tremendous value. I'm curious as to also how people might or might not be inadvertently putting the connections of those that they have already established trust with at risk through careless use of these very to- various tools. Uh, a lot of times it can be tempting to take the connections that we build with each other for granted. Particularly if the relationship is one of the second degree relationships that we can often build in business. They may not be our most intimate relations. Those are the ones that are most likely to have the strong degrees of trust built that uh the nature of the communication if it is sloppy or or, mis- or otherwise not representing who and what we are from a heart-centered perspective inside uh, they might be willing to let that stuff go if on the other hand it is a second degree relationship someone that you know perhaps purely through business but not really that well who you might be sharing some of your intimate life details with or have something approaching a friendship with but not a deep one, it can be easy to confuse how we communicate with those people uh, and connect with those people with those that are more intimate and begin to let some of our habits go. The final thing that I would say about this is always be vigilant about the nature of the communication and the message that you're sending, whether it is through your voice tone, through the language that you're using if it's purely written or in other sources of communication. Never take connection for granted. Connection can disappear as quickly um, as a, the snap of a finger or a grouchy hello. We don't know what the other person's going through inside, creating stories for them or assuming that they are not necessarily going through anything or able to read our own intentions is a dangerous game.
1: So true. We know not the battle that others are going through, for sure. So I'm going to reset the room and then we're going to talk about tips about how we can connect better, especially in this weird, virtual, digital world that we're in more than in person these days. Um, So I'm going to invite people also on the stage, uh, and if anyone wants to raise their hand to comment, uh, let me know so we can have uh, more of a dialogue with everyone. Talking about tips, so make sure they're brief and they're concise. I'm going to reset the room so that everybody knows where we're at. You are in the Breakfast of Champions room, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. And hopefully you know that you can catch every single segment of Breakfast with Champions on our podcast. So please be sure to subscribe and please don't just subscribe, listen to our content and definitely give us reviews. We definitely want to make sure we're doing better um, and we're providing great value to you. So please make sure you subscribe, you listen to it and you actually help us and and review um, our podcast and now that you're there you can also we'll be so grateful if you do give us a five-star review because once we hit the hundred mark which i think we've hit um it doesn't help it doesn't hurt to have more reviews that are positive as well so that we can really connect with people that may not know about us as well so hopefully we will be recommended to a huger audience and this content can reach a lot more people and they can find the breakfast with champions a lot easier. So if you found value here and you wanna help us reach more people, you can help multiply our impact by leaving us the review. So with that, um, we're gonna talk a bit, little bit about tips on connecting. Um, if anyone on the stage wants to comment, please flash your mics. Um, I'm gonna give the, the first uh, hit uh, over to Scott and then we'll, I'll start a, a cue if I see people flashing.
2: So when it comes to connection, make sure that depending on the size of the group that you're looking to build that connection and cohesion with, you are planning the strategy for connection uh, with some care. A lot of times, particularly in group settings, people assume that connection will just magically occur if they're nice to each other, if they chit chat before a meeting begins. Remember that in the singular situation, our interactions with just one or two other people, it can take a lot of trust building, a lot of inquiry, a lot of back and forth to establish the sort of relationship in which a meaningful deep level of trust is established. Now, in a larger group setting, work or a membership organization or something that you might be doing as a matter of hobby, um, or as you build your business, the need is always going to be there to build a similar level of trust, but to compress the, the length of time as well as the uh, substance of the communication down to its essentials, so the connection is built in the most efficient time possible. So there may be a number of different tools that you can use in order to build connection with people. It might be, for instance, scheduling uh, regular uh, meetups with people, not to, as Adrian mentioned earlier, catch up, but to really, or to just simply see how they're doing, but to really inquire as to what's going on in their lives, or more importantly, what future are they leading? Are they driving their lives to? Other situations may involve simply, particularly if you're the leader of a group, making sure that you understand that as part of your leadership, there are two levels at a minimum of regular interaction you have with as many people as possible in order to make sure that that group's trust builds and is sustainable. Number one, the short interactions with everyone in the group. It might be just whenever a meeting starts, saying hello, asking how they're doing, making sure that you have some sort of callback to a conversation that you've had with them so they understand that you remember them, and then making sure that there is also some other highly individuated source of expression, of concern, or of interest, or of excitement about what's going on in their life. I would say that is the A-level, most superficial way of having a touch point with an individual in a large setting that helps just remind them that you actually care. Number two, at some point or another during any large meeting that you're in, making sure that you engage in something that is quick but substantive. Hi, how are you? What's going on in your life? How are the family and the kids aren't good enough? It's my strong belief that people interpret those as purely transactional, non heart centric. Creativity, as I mentioned earlier, in terms of how you connect with people and interact with them, is an absolute imperative. Make sure that you have a bank of questions that you've memorized, uh, that you can pull out uh, wherever you go, that show that you are not only individually interested in them, but that you are concerned enough about them that you're willing to trigger the deeper sort of conversation or the unexpected sort of conversation that a, an, that an out of the box question uh, can trigger. In other words, anytime you make someone stop and have to think in response to a question or an interaction that you have, you've automatically built a deeper connection. You have forced them to expend a little bit more energy responding to intentionality that's coming directly from you. And that sends the message that you care.
1: Awesome. I think definitely assuming positive intent and and having those informal one-on-one coffee chats. I mean, it it could be tea time. It could be, you know, you can do thematic things too, just to make it a little bit lighter and a little bit more fun as well. Um, But that shows the person that you're taking the time to connect with them and not just during a regular meeting um, and things like that. The same thing at home with your, you know, with family members, you can definitely intentionally meet with them and just spend time with them and be present, right? You're not going to have like clubhouse on and not paying attention to them. So you, you definitely want to be intentional with who you spend time with as well. Um, Does anybody else have, we have time for like at least one or two shares. So if anyone has anything that they'd like to add to the conversation, definitely flash your mics. I know I brought somebody up. Tony Mo, go ahead. Yes. Um, hi, I wanted to ask Scott, um, what factors do you believe play a role in um trust as far as um well what factors do you believe play uh, a huge role in trust and um is there a fine line when you've never met someone in person before like on this app many of us haven't met each other in in person so is there a fine line and if so what would that be
2: when you're other centered particularly if you meet someone in person that you have not known before extra attention to body and facial language will need to be at the core of your interpersonal focus. They may be a little bit shy. They may be a little bit taken aback. They may be feeling in fact, almost certainly are a little bit of trepidation about whether you're going to be the person that they thought you were. They might be shocked by something as seemingly trivial as how tall or how short you are. And with that in mind, understand that usually that trepidation or that sense of reservation isn't about you or a failure uh, on your part or a lack of trust but it's merely a normal uh, anxiety that comes with any transition and in this case it's the transition and the very nature of your relationship with that in mind my belief is that it comes when it comes to how you build that trust if you have done that online through careful cultivation of interest in the things about the individual that are unique and making sure that every time that you're talking with that, you remember at least one or two things about that individual that is truly unique. So again, they understand that you view them as an individual, which is everything. If you're able to remind them of that, or if you're able to start that in-life communication with a compliment, wow. Wow you're even more energetic than I thought you were, or even, wow, you are every bit as smart or radiant or whatever as I thought you might be. You will be able to break through some of that ice. I err on the side of making sure that the other person, especially if I'm meeting them in real life for the first time, feels genuinely appreciated for who and what they are in real life. So I make a point of stating something about that individual that's positive, that either reinforces an impression that I had before, that is something new, and if you're able to do that from there, most of the time our um, the our people body facial language skills are able to go with us from there. If, awesome. It, yeah.
1: <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna cut the time there, Tony. But hopefully that gave you some ideas. Um, but we are short on time, so we.
2: Thank you for joining us on breakfast with champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on clubhouse and listen from 5am to 11am Eastern time Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with breakfast with champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.